The spin wheel is a STEM kit to encourage exploration and to inspire kids to pursue fields like engineering and physics that they might not think about otherwise. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. talking to Bridget Haggerty about the spin wheel. The spin wheel is a small, colorful, programmable and wearable kit to facilitate student exploration of physics, engineering and computer science. So Bridget is part of the spin wheel team, a group of volunteers with a passion for teaching science and building beautiful things. She's a postdoc researcher in environmental engineering at the University of Michigan. As a kid, Bridget was always asking why. Luckily, her parents put up with her incessant questioning and taught her to love the process of discovering new information. Bridget continues to pursue answers to her questions as a researcher, studying the microbes that survive in buildings. Outside of the lab, she shares her love of science and engineering by designing and leading activities that help participants, particularly girls, envision themselves as engineers. Through Spin Wearables, she's excited to develop educational kits to inspire the next generation of engineers. The Spin Wheel is a colorful wearable programming kit. It can be just a stylish, cool accessoire, but can also be programmed to be way more via the popular Arduino IDE. For example, you can turn it into a step counter, a compass, or an exploration tool for color and vision. No prior knowledge is required to program the spin wheel, and it also comes with an educational guide that introduces you to the basics. The small, round board features a microcontroller, eight larger and 12 smaller RGB LEDs, a motion sensor and connectors for power and micro USB for connecting it to a computer. Due to its small, round form factor, kids can easily attach it to a backpack or even wear it as an earring. If you're now curious about the spin wheel, please visit kidslab.dev to check out the companion blog post including images and all the links mentioned. Again, that's kidslab.dev. Okay, hi Bridget. Thank you so much for taking your time. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're very welcome. So Bridget, you're part of a team of engineers that created the spin wheel. Can you give us a first short intro what the spin wheel is all about? Yeah, the spin wheel is in STEM kit to encourage exploration and to inspire kids to pursue fields like engineering and physics that they might not think about otherwise. At the heart of this kit is the spin wheel. And the spin wheel is a small wearable trinket that you can either use as a keychain or as earrings. And one of the most noticeable things if you had the spin wheel in your hand is the LED display of it. And that's the way that we get kids hooked into engineering is through being able to customize those LEDs for themselves. Very cool. So it's all about LEDs and colors and, and getting the kids interested in these colors and changing them, basically. Very nice. So um, I was wondering, uh, so I took, of course, a look at your Kickstarter page. Um, it's, a, it's a Kickstarter project, right? And um, I was wondering who else is on the team and why is it necessary to have so many different skills for such a project on the team? Our team br brings together engineers from many different backgrounds, 
So we have environmental and biomedical engineers, as well as individuals from physics and computational biology and architecture. We were all brought together by doing outreach through the Society of Women Engineers. And this gave us our first like ideas that we might want to do a kit like this. And it's critical to have so many people on the team because it is a fairly complicated project and there's a lot of moving parts. And for this reason, we need people with many different skill sets. So we needed some people to handle the publicity to get the word out about the Kickstarters, others to work on the schematics for the device itself. We also needed to write the educational materials. And so having the skills to be able to write those and do all parts of the project relied on having many people. Additionally, we're all full-time graduate students and researchers. So having a large team helps us spread out the work and allows us to take a break when our research might get a little bit more busy. Yeah, very cool. And I think you just told me that you're taking shifts now for your research, right? Because yes, of the corona yes. crisis. So, um, wow, that really shows a lot of dedication, I must say. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So let's explore the spin wheel a bit further. So you mentioned it has uh, LEDs and uh, I'm wondering what else is on this board. So can you give us some more technical details and why did you decide on these exact features? Maybe also talk a little bit about the shape, for example. Yeah, the, the device itself is circular and on the front of the device, you have eight large LEDs, which are arrayed such that you can show directions, kind of like a compass. And then we have 12 smaller LEDs in a circle around the outside. And then on the back of the device is where we have the brain and all the electronic hardware. So there's a microchip as well as sensors for rotation and acceleration, as well as a sensor that can measure the Earth's magnetic field. What are the sciences that you can explore with the spin wheel? All sorts of science. So it's a really great way to learn coding and computer science. But beyond that, we have lessons about physics, biology, and electronics. Can you give us maybe a few practical examples of how such lessons look like for biology or for, for coding or so? One of our first lessons, or we call them adventures for the things that you're actually doing, hands-on activities on the spin wheel to get at the sense that this isn't the same as doing coding in school. But this particular adventure is called Biology of Sight. And so we use the LEDs as a way to talk about how your eye actually works. And this is just a way to begin to get a sense of how your eye perceives the wavelengths of light coming from the spin wheel itself. There's, from the coding side, we have introductory materials that introduce students to things like what is a variable, the real basics of coding, because we assume that those who buy our device haven't actually ever coded before. And then we begin to get into more complicated stuff and empower them to write their own computer programs. And all these lessons, I guess, they must be part of the field guide that I read about in the Kickstarter project. So I was wondering what what else is part of this uh, field guide and, and how, how does it look like? Is it a web page, for example, or is it a booklet or... So we have the field guide in two formats. So all of our lessons are available online through our website at spinwearables.com. 
And we're also providing a paper format form of the field guide as well. And the paper form has only a few of the adventures and has more of the reference materials. And we hope that you'll kind of use the paper version like a true field guide when you want to look up something like, oh, how did I program that? How do I control that specific LED? And then you can use the online materials, which have many interactive elements to delve more into the concepts that we're presenting and start to learn even more about using the spin wheel. I think um, I read that the spin wheel comes pre-programmed. Uh, so I was wondering, what is the initial software and what's the, the purpose of having it uh, pre-programmed? Yeah, it comes with a few programs or animations to demonstrate what the spin wheel itself is capable of. So these include some just fun animations that are pretty to look at, as well as others that demonstrate how you can use the motion sensors. For instance, one of the animations allows the spin wheel to act as a level. So as you shift the spin wheel in, in your hand, a different LED lights up to indicate which way is pointing down. And then if it's flat, it lights up in a, diff a specific way as well. Very cool. So I think isn't the the idea also that you could kind of uh, wear it as an earring, and and if you want it, right? I'm not saying that's a good idea to do probably, but if you want it, you could just use it as a stylish accessoire, basically. Yeah. So if you just are excited about wearing it, then you could pick one of the animations that come preloaded, or maybe you have a favorite color yourself, and so then you can program it yourself to be that color, and then wear it as earrings. We also provide a key ring so that you can use it as a keychain, realizing that not everybody who would want to use this would want to use it as jewelry per se. And I think you already mentioned it, right? You, you can reprogram it. Um, so I was wondering, how can you reprogram it? And what, what does it take? You know, so in terms of hardware, software skills to, to reprogram it? To program the spin wheel, we use the Arduino software, and so that uses a modified form of C++. To help make our materials a little bit more accessible, we've written some functions that the students can use that simplify how you actually, in a, word, in a way, talk with the spin wheel. And so rather than having to do more complicated C++ programming, they can use simple commands that essentially tell all the LEDs to light up or turn on one specific LED. And then as they go through the materials and get more comfortable using those simple commands, then they can begin to learn some of the more complicated ways of doing it and be able to customize it even more to what they specifically want to see happen. Do you have any plans to add some block-based programming to it or something like a web compiler? And I'm mentioning that because this is very known from, from tools like the Microbit, for example, who, you know, you, where you typically plug in the board, basically, and then you have it web compiled and downloaded to the device, for example. Is there any thoughts about that? So we haven't enabled this yet, but we have been considering ways in which we can make it more accessible to even younger students. So... At installing the Arduino software and getting it hooked up, there's lots of places where you might have to troubleshoot it. And so having a web-based compiler or more block-based programming would make it more accessible to younger kids. So it's an interesting idea, and we'll see where the spin wheel goes from our first round. 
I, I guess um, after after you shipped all the backers basically and uh, took a long break probably right and uh, hopefully survived Corona, I guess that's going to be on the list next, right? So, yeah, for sure. Very cool. And I think that's actually something that's as we went through the beta testing is figuring out that high schoolers, they're able to install the Arduino software. They have the computer skills to be able to do that easily. But then for middle schoolers, they might need an older individual, whether it's an older sibling, maybe a parent, an aunt or uncle to help them. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, um, Bridget, the spin wheel is created by a group of women engineers. And how do you think this has actually changed the spin wheel itself, like the features and maybe even the field guide, for example, that you just mentioned? How, how would you think it has affected that? I honestly think that the spin wheel probably wouldn't exist without the Society of Women Engineers and many of our experiences of not finding STEM as particularly accessible, accessible for women. And one thing that we're trying to do with the spin wheel is to expose more kids to science. And oftentimes girls or their parents think that STEM isn't necessarily for them. And so they don't buy electronics toys for their female children just because they don't think that they would be as interested in it. But this isn't actually the case. Like girls and boys are equally interested in all of this stuff. And so With the design of the spin wheel and making it be able to be used as jewelry, we were hoping to get some parents and kids to give it a second look and maybe buy a, a STEM toy. And then by playing with the spin wheel, actually explore STEM in more depth and realize that they do have an interest in it. And I think that really feeds into how we're writing the educational materials because we don't want it to read like your typical engineering or STEM textbook. We want it to be more accessible. And we think that's a great thing to excite more girls to pursue engineering, which as members of the Society of Women Engineers, we're particularly passionate about, but also to excite people of all genders to consider engineering and programming. So what do you think about girls or women in STEM education in general? Where do we stand and where do you foresee or hope for the future? When I take a long view, considering how far we've come since the 1960s, for instance, then I'm incredibly hopeful. However, if we take a shorter view, then you can see that the numbers of women in engineering and physics in particular has really plateaued. And so I think that's part of the reason why efforts like the spin wheel are so essential, because we definitely haven't saturated the number of girls who are excited about engineering. And that means that the field is missing out on problem solvers. And as an environmental engineer, this is particularly important to me because we're working on such important problems such as climate change or ensuring like clean drinking water that you want to have as many bright minds as possible working on it. And just in general, I think that more and more girls are realizing that they are interested in that. And that's just super inspiring to me. And one way that SWE can kind of give back to the community is by helping SWE is, stands for the Society of Women Engineers. We can give back to the community is through these outreach efforts. And I think 
not only does the field of engineering need to do a better job of making it more accessible to women, but we also just need to do a better job of making it more accessible for all those underrepresented minorities who haven't been seen in the field. As an environmental engineer, I think this is critically important because you need to have engineers from the communities where you're trying to make solutions from. And if you're not drawing from your whole population, then you're not going to come up with as good solutions. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that the fact that you're actually doing this project, right, you're part of this team of women engineers actually is already a, a big, huge step because that's, of course, seen out there, right? It's seen by by many young kids, young, young, young girls, of course, right? And who then take a... Uh, take an example of that basically right and and maybe pursue a similar career actually as yourself that's a really important point that the idea of like you being becoming what you can see and so we think it's really important to show girls that they can become engineers and we also think on the flip side that it's really important to show boys that girls are also engineers and that they have a place in engineering Because oftentimes one of the things that you see, particularly in college, is that because the climate isn't welcoming towards girls, then they drop out and they leave, even though they could otherwise stay. Mm -hmm. Good points, yeah. So Bridget, the, the Kickstarter campaign for the spin wheel started just shortly, I believe, before the corona pandemic really affected us all on this planet. I think that was somewhere in in March, I believe. I'm pretty much at home, working from home since March now. So I was wondering, how has it affected the development of the spin wheel, the team, and, and also you personally? Uh, and I mean, <laughs> you've completed the, the biggest chunk of the work, I think, right? You've even been beta testing now the spin wheel even though the corona pandemic. So um, that's that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So we picked maybe not the ideal time to launch a <laughs> Kickstarter because we launched on March 16th, which at least in the US was right when we were beginning to go from, oh, there's this COVID thing that maybe we have to worry about. And by the end of the week, pretty much every school in the US was shut down. And when you're trying to sell an educational kit, it is not necessarily the best time to do that when schools are switching to be completely virtual. However, on the flip side, because parents were home with their kids and realizing that they need more ways to fill the time, then by the end of our Kickstarter campaign, we were beginning to get a little bit more traction again because people were starting to get used to working from home and realizing that something like the spin wheel that allows them to teach programming to their kids without having that expertise is something really important. So another thing is that as a, a team, we had already been working remotely over the since we began because we had all started as graduate students at Yale University, but then a few of us had graduated. And so we had, were already holding our meetings over video platforms. And so that transition for us was something that we were used to. And it also allowed us to bring a few more people onto the team who had been involved with outreach with us earlier, but had 
graduated earlier. So that worked out for us. But it's definitely been challenging to navigate because it is a very stressful time. But it's also during such a stressful time, it can be useful to have something to work on and where you can see progress being made. And so that's been really useful for our team. We've also probably had a little bit more time to work on it than we might have otherwise, seeing as <laughs> so many other things are canceled. Oh, yes, I got it. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's, it's great that you can see the, the positive side of this too, actually. And uh, I mean, again, congratulations, because it seems to be on the now in the, in the final stretch, basically, to get it all going, really. So very cool. Yeah, thank you. So is there anything you would like to mention maybe what's coming up when it comes to the to spin variables and also to the spin wheel um, that you could share maybe already? Uh, or is there anything you, you ever wanted to share on a, on a podcast, actually? Yeah. So right now we're in the process of beta testing and writing the educational materials. We're going to be doing that for most of the rest of August so that we can print out the books and then hopefully ship the spin wheels to our backers in early September. So we're really excited about getting to the point where we actually send spin wheels to people who weren't involved in their development. And so having their feedback and seeing what things they struggled with has been really helpful for us to be able to make it even more accessible and to make changes to the design or little things like deciding to include a micro USB cord because we realized that many of the cords that people had in their drawers weren't were only capable of charging the spin wheel and they didn't transfer data as well. It's those sorts of things that you learn when you get your device into actual people's hands. Yeah, it's stuff that you would never never believe before, right? Right, cool. So, and fingers fingers crossed, actually, because by the time this this episode is out, it's going to be um, early October. Um, let's let's keep the fingers crossed that you are shipping, right? But it wouldn't be too uncommon, actually, if if things slip a little bit yep. for other projects too. So, don't worry. Especially with like right now, it's really hard to know what the future will bring. The other thing that I did want to mention is just that. Even though the Kickstarter is over, if anyone is interested in checking out the spin wheel, then we are still actually selling them through our online store. And so we actually do have some spin wheels still available. We're also always excited to talk to parents or educators who want to incorporate more electronics and coding or just stem more broadly into their classroom and thinking about how to bring together art and engineering, because that's something that all of us are really passionate about and think is a really great way to excite kids about engineering. Sounds really exciting. So Bridget, thank you so much for this interview. I wish you all the best. And of course, also the rest of the team, all the best for the last couple of weeks and to get it all done. Um, and of course, uh, don't get infected. And um, yeah, please ship a wonderful spin wheel very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the spin wheel, a stylish and programmable science gadget for kids. One more reminder to check out kidslab.dev for the show notes, including all the links. And of course, subscribe to the Kids Lab podcast if you haven't done so. Next up, I'm talking to Deborah Ansel. She's the creator of Geekmom Projects and the founder of Bright Wearables. <laughs>